If I survey the people you work with, what would they say about you when I ask this question? Does, insert your name here, value the people they work with? And how do you know? Now you might say, sure, Dr. Joey, I value the people I work with, but how can they tell? My guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast is known as one who sees and shows the value of people. He's a storyteller who brings life to work. He's the chief people officer for a restaurant chain, Yum Yum, in Ohio and Indiana with 11 locations. He's written HR Unleashed, HR Rising, and HR On Purpose. If you've been to a SHRM meeting lately, you know him. So lean in, listen up, and let's learn how to value people that work better on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey Work Positive Nation, help me welcome my new best friend and the man who always brings a smile and a pizza to the party, Steve Brown. Steve, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. Thanks, Dr. Joey. It's good to see you, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, and, and totally fun because your smile, my smile, I got dimples, you, your whole face smiles. I, that's why I went bald, <laughs> by the way, so my smile could just extend. Uh, <laughs> like my grandpa. That's awesome. Yeah, like my grandfather left me in a choice, right? But Steve's also the guy who brings fun to the party because he brings pizza. And where do those pizzas come from, Steve Brown? La Rosa's. La Rosa's Incorporated. We're in the greater Cincinnati area. We have places in Cincinnati, a little in Indiana, a little in Columbus, but we're pretty much a regional pizzeria. Uh, and there's something special about the sauce. The secret's in your sauce, Steve. What is it? We are a family company, and uh, true story, we, no one knows the recipe. Uh, Mr. La Rosa and his sons, and that's it. It's like uh, KFC. They never shared the, the uh, secret to the how they made the chicken. No one knows the sauce. I don't even know where it's written or where it's saved. Uh, but what makes ours a little different is, you know, we've been around for 70 years, which is unlikely for a wow. pizza or for a restaurant in general, 70 years next year. Um, but our sauce is sweet instead of tomatoey. Now we use tomatoes, but it's sweet. It's really nice. Oh, man. So I, I know Coca-Cola kept the formula locked up in a vault somewhere, you know, probably deep inside a nuclear bunker somewhere. Is that where the La Rosa's <laughs> recipe? I, I honestly don't know. Steve, you're afraid <laughs> to ask, man, because they'd have to shoot you if they told you, right? <laughs> Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, if you've ever been to a Sherm meeting, like I said in our intro, you have run into this guy somewhere along the way because you've spoken at, was it 5,392 different Sherm meetings or something like that? Pretty close, give or take. Yeah, give or take a thousand or two, right? <laughs> so, in uh, his uh, newest book is HR Unleashed. And if you want to go and read some blogs while we're talking here and chatting, uh, sbrownhr.com is where you can find Steve's blog. So, Shout out to Jennifer McClure, who connected us, and we both love Jennifer, so shout out to, to Jennifer. 
11 different restaurants. I, I've known a few people that owned restaurants. Steve, they didn't smile nearly as much as you. <laughs> and it was because of one reason, my friend. Staffing the people. How uh, La Rosa's has been around 70 years, which tells me a ton about the culture anyway. But what is it about the culture at La Rosa's that's so much better than other restaurant cultures? It's really interesting. When you ask somebody, why do you work at La Rosa's? The very first answer is, I love it here. And there's a big difference. When you can take that from, I enjoy it, it's fun, I like it, it's okay, it's a job, to I love it here. We have tenure that I've never found in other restaurants. Wow. We're one of those places that still has people that if you want to stay here, your career, you can. So uh, next week, celebrating a person's 45th anniversary. What? Uh, yeah. In a pizzeria? That's normal. That's normal. Oh, she started in the pizzerias. Now she works in the office. But we had at one time Roger, who retired a few years ago, and he was a driver for 55 years. What? So, yeah. Nobody uh, does so we that. Have, we, we have servers, hosts, cooks, managers, you know, call center people, bakery people who uh, stay here. And it's, it's, there's some magic in, in people can and do transition a little. But when you look at us versus the industry, I think we're ahead of it. Uh, you think? We take a look. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we take a look at two different things. Uh, when you say the staffing side, uh, I think in the past, we used to be more concerned with getting you in the door, you know, the front end of the funnel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to teach us, and it's constantly teaching, we have you for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So how do we attract you coming in? How do we get you in the door? How do you have a good experience starting out? And how do you do well and thrive while you're here so that when you're here, when you leave, it's okay. It's time to go somewhere else. Not everybody wants to work in the field that we do. Right. Uh, it's hard. It's hard yeah. work. But while we have you, it should be awesome. Restaurant work is incredibly difficult. If you if you don't believe that, you've never worked in a restaurant, right? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, uh, Roger, 55 years. I mean, that's crazy. Most uh, restaurants would love to keep somebody 55 days. Yes. How do you attract that kind of talent, Steve? There's a couple of ways. We use all the good HR methods, job boards and schools and career fairs. But the number one thing, which I don't think will ever go out of style, is word of mouth. If mm -hmm. I enjoy working at the place, I will tell others about it. So we have friends as friends, family members as family members, and we're a very open environment. So we don't have rules of, well, if you're related, you can't work here. We're a family company. Okay. So that's going to happen. Yeah. And the second thing is, you know, you can start your career here. And we love having young people come here. So 16-year-olds, when it got really tight in the labor market, we looked at 15-year-olds. Wow. We just had to. But- for as long as you're here, we want to keep you. But we'll pe pull people from all walks of life, uh, all demographics. So it's a great place to be. And uh, once I get to know you as a company, not me personally, but once I get to know you as a company, more likely than not, you'll stay. If you opt out, 
we treat you with grace. Mm-hmm. You know, it maybe wasn't a fit for you. So we want people, if they leave, to have a good experience because they're still going to be a guest. And we serve food. Uh, we don't want to lose somebody. <laughs> so even if you go work for someone else, we want you coming back eating the pizza pie. <laughs> you betcha. <laughs> and why wouldn't you? So uh, before we began this podcast recording, um, obviously their 11 restaurants, as Steve mentioned, are in Ohio and Indiana. I'm located in the Commonwealth of Virginia. So I'm like, Steve, you know, I need a La Rosa's down here. He says, they're franchise opportunities, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm salivating, you know, but, but I'm also wondering, has anyone ever come to work and, and work their way into management status and then become a franchisee for La Rosa's? Yes. Yes, they have. Wow. What is it that's so, so magical about the culture? It's funny, when I first came here, and I've been in HR for far longer than I care to say, <laughs> uh, when I first came here, my peers said, oh, you're going into restaurants? I'm sorry. Mm. And I went, "What? what's that all about? And no one had worked in restaurants. They just heard stories. Yeah. Uh, and what I found is our people who are wonderful, frontline, hardworking, hands-on people, are the most open, honest, genuine, and authentic people I've ever worked with. Hmm. Because of that, that's how we talk to each other. That's how we treat each other. It's not a job. It's people who get to do great things to take care of guests. It's what we do. Hmm. And we just kind of live it uh, more than preach it. So you'll Hmm. see it come out of people. You know, uh, when I first went into restaurants, it was, here comes HR. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 it's fair. I mean, we earned that. We earned that. So my thing is yeah. now it's like, hey, there's the guy that wears the wild shirts. Who's that guy? And what's going on? And there's just a camaraderie here and an openness, warts and all. So you know, wow. when it gets tough, we talk. When it's great, we celebrate. Um, it's not a a method. It's just how we do it every day. Hmm. Hmm. It is so easy for companies to talk culture. Mm-hmm. You guys walk the culture. How do you build that consistency into your culture to ensure that you're walking? Those behaviors are the behaviors you want. Uh, our CEO, Michael LaRosa, uh, always tells us to coach people up. And uh, one of the things that's great is we're a big strengths finder company. We love that. And one of his strengths is positivity. And so when you got that in you, you're like, geez, and he just emanates it. Uh So he realizes that we have opportunities to grow or opportunities to improve, but you can either come in with a hammer or come in with with a a way to encourage. So Uh the way to keep the behavior consistent is when we fail, because we do, how's our approach coming out of that? So if it's, I'm going to nail you, and that's the culture you're going to get, um, We've always wanted to be a people-first company. I think indirectly we have been. But for the past, I want to say, three to four years, we've been very intentional to say, is this people-first? If it's not, why are we doing it? Mm-hmm. And when you have that from a management level, a leadership level, or a strategic level, that's what's going to lead you mm-hmm. is your people. And you really make it happen. You do a lot more things that are for people versus against people. Mm-hmm people first more than just a slogan at la rosa's so absolutely 
how did you transform from there comes HR? Because HR is you know, kind of seen as a form jockey position or a policy cop or something like that. And so when you're walking through, it's almost like the principal when you're in school, right? Uh, they're looking for you doing something wrong. How did you transform from that uh, negative image to the positive people first one you have now? Three things. First, when I first started here, my boss, Kevin, said I wasn't allowed to do anything for the first three months other than listen, which is impossible. So you couldn't go solve things or come up with ideas. And, you know, the minute you walk into someplace, your head starts going around. So for three months, all I did was listen. So I'd travel to our locations. I'd meet our people. I'd get to know them for who they were. And then after three months, he says, so what did you see and what did you hear? Well, that reframes everything. So it's not a matter of activity. It's a matter of assessment. Decide where you want to go and where can you start making a difference. So that was the first thing. The second thing is a lot of HR people say they're people people. I don't think they are. Uh, I think they're great, great practitioners. I'm a people person, man. I, I can't get enough of humans. So I'd go out and ask the 16-year-old, so, you know, what brought you here? What are you doing? Are you going to school? What are you going to school for? Do you want? Do you not want to go to school? Do you want to go into a trade other than us? And they'd never seen an HR person just talk to employees like people. Most of my peers come in with an agenda and a purpose. I'm here to talk to you, Joey, about your benefits. I'm yeah. here to talk to you about your FMLA instead of saying, yeah, yeah. How's it going today? And so just making it more human by being a human myself first. All right. I got, I um, got to ask that 16 sure. year old, that 16 year old you walk up to and you, and you start showing this interest to you. Know, what are you going to school for? That kind of stuff. What kind of reactions do you get? Well, I, I terrible secret. And I've told them people here, I, I rarely wear our logo wear, uh-huh. but I'm, and I'm a very tall person and I'll walk right into the kitchen. And not say anything. And and everybody goes, who's that guy? Who's that tall guy? What's going on? And then after a while, someone I know will go, hey, Steve, what's going on? And they go, who is he? And so it's just kind of catching people uh, unaware and make it fun and a little edgy. Okay. And then I think that all people want to know that they're seen, heard, and valued. Hmm. I get tired of us looking at younger people. It's When we were younger... Our parents said, you know, that generation, on and on and on and on. And we said, we'll be the generation that breaks it. But we didn't. We became our parents. I think it's, if I see or value you genuinely, it makes all the difference in the world because they may not get that at home. Mm. They may not get that at school. They may not have had that in a work environment. Mm. If we can provide that, that differentiates us with 99% of employers. Wow. Uh, the last one. The, that's amazing oh, because so many people are invisible or at least feel invisible mm-hmm. and, and work is no different. And then since the pandemic, we're all hiding behind cameras. So, I mean, we really, we really are invisible. So you're letting people know. Wow. So how tall are you, Steve? I got to ask. Six, four. Six, four. Is that all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I I've got my mind the sixteen year old kid who's just learning to make the the La Rosa's pizzas, and here comes this dude six four, no logo wear, crazy shirts. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, what what's fun is um, too many of my peers don't have fun at what they do. Oh. I have fun. So uh, a long time ago, a terrible story, but uh, when you're sixteen, you don't think about working. You're just you know. You don't know where to go. You want to show up on time. We ask you to wear a uniform, all this stuff. I know. That's a lot. And uh, our, dough, our dough is frozen when we top it before uh-huh. it goes in the oven. So I came into a pizzeria and I said, hey, uh, Joey, that dough's upside down. And he says, what? And I 16, he's freaking out. And here's this big person. I said, you need to flip it over before you put anything on it because you just got it all upside down or ruin the pizza. And the it cook, the trainer cook looked at me and goes, what? And I went, just go with it. And he goes, oh. He goes, that guy's from the office. He doesn't know what's going on. Put it back over. So we did this like three or four times. That young person had the best time learning how to have fun at what they do in a very hard environment for five seconds from a person who was willing to take interest in them, have fun at what they do. Yeah. And he'll tell everybody about that story. Oh, man, that's amazing. So have you always been a fun person, Steve Brown, or is this an acquired taste? I don't like to say, yes, I'm hilarious. Uh, (laughs) Hey, if uh, my wife will sometimes look at me. She says, Joey, you're not funny. And I said, look, if you can't entertain yourself, who can you entertain, right? (laughs) I I think it's it's more this, I enjoy people. I mean, I like to know them for who they are, where they're Mm -hmm. from, what they're like. Uh, We have a new server. Q, just love her, just love her. Uh-huh. Uh, she comes up, and every time she sees me, she says, I'm working at hard, and I said, I don't know. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. And she's <laughs> like, I do, look at me, I'm going. I go, well, you know, maybe we'll give you another day. Yeah, yeah. come back tomorrow, and we'll see. <laughs> so, how that kind of thing rubs off. Yeah. Because they know it's not a game. It, you know, uh, I, I care for our people, and mm. I think that makes us different as an employer, too. We we genuinely care about the wonderful team members that work for us. Mm, okay. Yeah. What's that third thing? Oh, the, it was a mess with people. Ah, it's not against the law. Okay. All right. I oh, just yeah. want to make sure I got it. it yeah, yeah. Them all up. Yeah. Well, you know, man, there's so many people today who are afraid to poke fun and, and to have a little bit of fun because what if I offend them or something like that but when you're talking about pizza dough and it's upside down i mean who can be offended by that (laughs) that's right i love it so it just uh calls out our creativity work positive nation to to find something that uh that we can poke fun at. Steve Brown is my guest on this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. You can go to sbrownhr.com. His latest book is HR Unleashed. He's got a bunch of them. Sherm's published all of them. Um, so you can go to Amazon and check them out. They're not a trilogy, Steve, but I'm, sur- I'm sure you'd love it if somebody bought all three, right? I would. I, I One of my goals right in the third one is I wanted to be the J.R.R. Tolkien of HR. You know, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and now there's an HR trilogy, but they're fun books, and they they talk about HR like we're talking about right today. Awesome. Yeah, we're putting the human back in HR, right? Absolutely. Which which I absolutely love. Okay, so 
I track somebody to my team. I'm communicating to them in those initial interviews and things like that. The type of fun environment we have and the way we do human resources a little bit differently. So I get them on, I onboard them. How do I keep them for 55 years or 44 years? I think there's quite a few factors. One, don't think that feedback's all negative. Hmm. Most of the time we say we want to give you feedback and you go, oh, here it comes. Yeah, my stomach turns. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, giving people coaching on what they're doing, encouraging them what they're doing, catching them do things right and not just making some trite thing, huge. Secondly, pay attention to me. I had an exercise I did with our managers and I said, I want you to say hi and thank you to everybody that comes into work every day for 30 days, even the ones you don't like. Especially and they went, oh, and they went, ah, oh, let's try it. <laughs> you know, give it, give it a shot. And they go, that's it. Go, that's it. At that time, we had 13 stores and half of them did it. And I thought that's great. The half that did it said, man, I love the people I work with uh. instead of with the people I work with. Mm. The ones that didn't still said how they had to deal with people. And my perspective is if you have to say, I deal with you, it's how you'll treat me. Mm. And I don't want anybody that way or to act that way or to feel that that's how the company works with you as a manager or a frontline person. So it's not about dealing with people. It's about we get to work with people. How cool is that? Oh, boy. And, um, and I think the other piece that we try to teach is, um, and I've mentioned it before, people are going to stumble and fail. Show mm. some grace. And then... Teach them how to do it the right way. You know, hey, you did it this way. How'd this go? And so I make sure myself and my team are always available to talk to us about any reason at any time. So you can't freak us out. It, you know, we we remain unflappable and people try. Yeah, I know. They really are intent. Hey, I'm going to freak Steve out this time. <laughs> I got one for you. I'm like, okay, here we go. Hold my pizza uh, and watch this. <laughs> but to have um, to have somebody who's an, a willing and listening ear uh -huh. for them as people managers, I think a lot of companies um, misunderstand. The majority of HR doesn't happen by HR people; it happens with those who manage others. Yeah, and that's where the rubber hits the road. Absolutely, absolutely. They're the ones getting the pizza on the table, right? And seeing to it. Right. It's a fine dining experience. I love it. So uh, obviously you're, as we've been talking about, you're in an industry that um, has has had its own share of challenges, right? Uh, especially over the last three years when, man, things, your your landscape, the way you could or could not be hospitable to people, right? They couldn't come in your restaurant, changed right. dramatically. So setting those aside, because I don't know what normal is anymore, Steve, but hopefully I can come <laughs> in and sit down at a La Rosa's when I'm in Cincinnati next. Um, what, what are some challenges that you face in, in creating a people-first environment? And to want to um, tell people not to bring their emotions to work Hmm. or not to bring their life to work. And we all do it. We, oh, yeah. you, you can't get away from it. Hmm. So when we talk only about what we do versus who we are, it gets ugly quick. When we talk about who we are first, 
and we kind of have fun with that. And then we get to what we do. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different environment. Just flipping the script a little. Uh, there's a lot of great research out there that people want to talk to each other rationally instead of emotionally. <laughs> I'm all about emotional. So uh, I had it during the three year window. We had, I had a young lady come out and just lose her mind. And she swore in every colorful way you could swear. Oh, man. And I was like, okay, what's going on? And it wasn't like, don't use that language. And how dare you? Yeah. I understand you're upset. How can I help you? Where can we go? Well, this young person made a joke. I didn't think it was appropriate. I said, tell me where they are. And so I walked over. I said, hi, how are you? I heard that you did this to our manager. How's that going? Does this help you do your job? Because, man, you really thought you were funny and you weren't. So let's not do that. I want you to come here and do a great job, and I know you can. But if you're coming here just to jack people around, I don't need that. My district manager was with me, and he says, can we talk to people that way? And I said, (laughs) yes. I said, yes, because it wasn't, it was addressing behavior. Right. Too often, we don't. We, we focus on tasks when if we talk to each other from a behavior lens, hmm. I think we'd be a lot better off. Mm. Wow. That's a huge statement. Somebody asked me recently when I was on their podcast, you know, how did we take the human out of human resources? Right. Yeah. And, and I think it was that um, myopic fascination with tasks. Mm-hmm. How, how are you supposed to separate emotion out of what you do anyway? Steve? You can't. You can't. And what's funny is um, I think you cry when people cry. You laugh when they laugh. You get angry when they get angry. Mm. We we are so fearful of potential repercussions. I don't think you should break the law. I don't think you should be disrespectful. That's just good behavior. Yeah. But to say, hey, calm down when someone's angry doesn't work. You know, it's like it, it, shouting at somebody who's shouting. Yeah. Right. I you know, so it's, shouting. That's right. And you go, what's going on? Uh, or, or to degrade somebody or to tear them down. It's never had value, you know, just in human interaction. And we forget that 99% of work hmm. is human interaction. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not sure where this notion came from that we can divide ourselves into a professional and personal sides. I I've looked myself up and down numerous times and <laughs> to say, okay, here's, here's my professional side and here's my personal side. You know, I, I, I can't do that. So if the dog pees on my favorite pair of shoes on my way out the door to come to work, <laughs> you know, I'm going to be upset. Right. That's wonderful. That's yeah. good stuff there. Yeah. Well, I I would say I'm going to be pissed off, but I'm I'm actually pissed on then at that pissed point. On. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, when I walk through the door, the likelihood of my delivering the mail to the wrong address is what I like mm-hmm. to call it is great. So I absolutely love what you're saying about you know observing the behavior, not participating in the behavior, and just saying, hey, what's going on? Again, they don't have it happening. I think we we try to overcomplicate it instead of just saying, I'm here. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Um, I've had several managers who've told me, you can't talk to Barry because he's so difficult. And I go, 
let's go find out. <laughs> Bring it. Walk over. I'm like, hey, Barry, I heard you're difficult. And they're like, what? And I'm like, ah, no. I, and, then, and if we would just treat each other like people, it, it's so simple and yet difficult to do. Yeah, it's it's simple, but it's not easy, right? And right. we're all looking for simple and easy. So I've got to dig down in myself a little bit, and without going psychobabble, I've got to have some identity security myself. I, I, I've just got to know who I am. So what you're really talking about is helping people discover who they are at their best, right, Steve? Yes, absolutely. Hmm. I love it. Steve Brown with an E, B R. O-W-N-E. Steve Brown, HR.com is your blog. So when we go there, what, what kind of blogs are we going to find about? Uh, obviously, people first stuff, but uh, what else are we going to find there? My sister-in-law actually gave me the site as a Christmas present 12 years ago. Aww. And and she named it Everyday People. I am a giant music plant person. Right now, I wish I had music on, but I was on the podcast, so I turned it off. Uh, but Everyday People is a great song by Sly and the Family Stone. I remember it well. You're talking about my people now. (laughs) That's right. And she says, you know, you talk about people every day. And I went, oh. So my blogs are more observational and based on culture. I see HR and everything, which is a little odd. Uh, But this is what I've been doing my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's ways to be encouraging and lift people up in the profession that I believe in uh, and in the workplace. It's not just an HR blog. It's a, it's a people blog. Oh, um, so more positive messages. I mean, I just, yeah. and it doesn't mean I don't have negative things happening. I remember one time I was talking to a group of students who read my first book and I don't mean that in an arrogant way, but they said, did anything bad happen to you? Because <laughs> doggone it. And I said, well, did you read this? And I've listed a lot of difficult things that I went through, but the lens in how it's presented mm. makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's a pathway to working positive is because we see what we look for. So if you're looking through that lens of what can I learn? How can I grow? How can I develop? How can I help somebody else become their best? It, it gets a whole lot better. Uh, by the way, the first book, HR... Mm, on purpose on purpose right right i absolutely love it that one in hr unleashed and what's the middle one in the tolkien trilogy it's it's the shameless plug poster back there hr rising (laughs) i don't see any pizza sauce on it though so maybe no no (laughs) all three of those are available at amazon barnes and noble wherever finer books are sold absolutely love it so steve brown with an e Work Positive Nation is always looking for one thing to do today that will help create the kind of positive work culture that we're talking about here. What's your one thing, Steve Brown? Believe that people want to do their best. Hmm. I was raised that way by my mother and father. They always looked at, you know, what did you do good today? That was our conversation, you know. And even when I had a challenging day, which was often, and say, so yeah, but what'd you do, do good today? Because we know you did something good. And just to have that curiosity, that input of, I really want to know, give me one thing. It just changes how people view their day because the majority of it isn't in their mind positive. 
Uh, so you got to break through somehow. You got to get them out of the mess that they're in, whatever that's, whatever it is, and say, tell me one thing, just one thing. And so I would do that with my wife. I do it with my kids. They get tired of it. Uh, but if we don't have that simple reminder, hmm. you know, we'll get swallowed by stuff that isn't positive. Yeah. And you get asked that question often enough, you know, that question's coming at the end of the day. So you better go through your day looking for something good to do. Right, Steve? Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Well, man, you have been fun. It's been good to be with you. Uh, go to Steve uh, S. Brown, HR, that's Steve Brown's uh, blog. About everyday people now got an earworm with Sly and the Family Stone. It's playing <laughs> in my head, right? <laughs> uh, SBrownHR.com. I'm loving it. HR Unleashed is his latest book. Go pick it up for yourself. Steve, you have blessed me. I thank you for being my guest today, my friend. Joey, it was wonderful. I'm so glad we got together. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Work Positive Podcast. Please share this podcast with your friends who are HR and small business leaders so they can do one thing today to create a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. I'd like to give you a free Work Positive course just for listening. It's called Something to Talk About, and it's transformed the work conversations of so many people all over the world. Get your free copy when you go to workpositive.today slash something to talk about and you can start transforming your conversations today. Remember, it pays to work positive.